This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Alrighty, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time for the second half of Know Your Enemy. Once again, I'm Michael Beck. He's Jeffrey Benedict. If I can figure out which way to point correctly on, on these uh, darn web cameras. Oh, Jeffrey got it right the first time. <laughs> you you got to point the wrong way to get it to, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, I'll make a mental note of it. But uh, talking Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, there's been a ton of news today. I don't even think we've got through all of it with uh, with all the, all the stuff that's coming out. Uh, of course, the Steelers... I guess we, we briefly touched on it after putting three guys onto the injured reserve, signed three guys that they initially cut the day before. Uh, talk about a, a load of paperwork for uh, BJ Finney, uh, Rashad Coward, and Arthur Millette, who uh, probably went through a whirlwind there. I'm sure they would have known right away uh, exactly what the process was going to look like. But uh, damn, uh, talk about uh, a little bit of uh, stress on the old mental health there for those guys who didn't know whether or not they'd have a job in Pittsburgh. But ultimately, they do. So what are your thoughts on uh, the Steelers bringing back the uh, the backup guards and uh, perhaps at least one nickel corner? Well, the backup guards, I was glad to see them back. Uh, BJ Finney has looked solid. Uh, Rashad Coward was getting praised by Mike Tomlin and touted as a possible starter when he was, you know, get, throwing a little, lighting a little fire under Calvin, Kevin Dotson. Uh, they're back. They're very solid depth. This This offensive line, Again, the tackles with Banner on injured reserve to start the season is a, is a hurt to the depth. But this has a deep offensive line. This is really, when you look at the names on the roster, there are a lot of guys that have started. There's a lot of guys that are, you know, borderline starter capable. Uh, guys like B.J. Finney, who played so good at guard that he got a con- he got a big deal out of it and obviously flubbed that. But he's back, and he's looking like he did before. He's looking like he did when he played for the Steelers in 2018. So I'm I'm happy. I'm 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 happy with them back. I think this offensive line has a lot of depth, and I think that's going to be key for this season. As for Arthur Millette, uh that's a big help, big, big thing to get him back because there there really wasn't much in the room of in the nickel cornerback room there. So having Millette back is is at least you know a body that could has try who has played that position. Uh, okay, this one in the live chat that I feel like uh have to load up. Uh, not spelled correctly, but uh, Mule Skinner asked Jeff, what are you drinking? We usually play uh, some sort of a game about uh, what Jeffrey Benedict's drinking off camera. But uh, well, what's the beverage tonight, Mr. Benedict? This is this is Turner's Iced Tea. If you're, if you're, if you're proper Pittsburgh, you know what Turner's Iced Tea is. Uh, and it's it has a, it has a little bit of, of uh, Jim Beam in it. I it, it it has a little smokiness to the tea. I love it. I love the flavor of it. it doesn't even take much. It's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, see Jim Beam after Steely McBeam, who is named after Jim Beam. If you haven't watched the clip, I highly suggest you do. 
of uh, Steely McBeam getting his nickname. It's his, his premium clip as one gets, uh, which was yep. taught to me on this very show. So I'm going to bestow that uh, knowledge back out to the people. It's just it's just a, it's just amazing. But uh, so this is this is a proper Steelers beverage right here, people. Proper <laughs> Steelers go. beverage. There you go. It's it's all about repping the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, on Know Your Enemy, and that's exactly what we're doing. Um, <laughs> the roster makeup of this team is something we haven't got to. It was spoken about a little bit yesterday, but uh, your initial thoughts on the Steelers keeping all eight defensive linemen. We talked all offseason, like, who are they going to cut? Who are they going to cut? The answer is nobody. <laughs> they didn't cut anyone after we talked about it for at nauseum for months. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Of course, Stefan Tuitt's on the injured uh, reserve for three weeks minimum. But uh, they kept all eight. What are your thoughts? I I was upset. I was actually angry. Um, I have gone on the record multiple times talking about Henry Mondo and how good he has played this season and how frustrated I am everywhere I look where people are just dismissively being like, oh, yeah, they'll cut Mondo and they'll keep – They'll keep louder milk and Davis. And it just, it drives me crazy because it's like, are you watching what they're doing? Like the team is constantly playing uh, Henry Mondo ahead of those guys and he's outperforming them. Like, are you paying attention? It's been driving me crazy. And so I was waiting. I'm just like, come on Steelers. Cause I know they're not cutting Henry Mondo. It's going to be probably Carlos Davis getting cut and sent to the practice squad. And I was just like, Mm, I can't wait for that to happen. You get a little vindication for me. And then because Stefan to it isn't going to be ready to play, which is also just, just sad because man, I love watching that guy play. He's just a, he is a bull in, in every China shot. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. He is just a, a monster on the field. I love him. And uh, yeah, he's, he's not there. And so everyone gets to sit around. And so now I'm just going to, now I'm sitting there like, yeah, but, wait till they rotate defensive linemen because it'll be Mondo in there before Davis or Bugs. Old man yells at cloud. (laughs) Yeah, really, really. It's that, it's that big of a deal for me. I'm like, I'm like, this is the hill I'm ready to die on. Right. Like if Mondo got cut, I would have been like, well, there you go. I'm done. I'm out. (laughs) I, I no longer know anything about football. You know, don't look at my film rooms. Just, just ignore everything I say. And then, then it's a huge anticlimax. So I just I just want to it to come back healthy so he can play and we can see who gets cut because somebody's gonna get cut eventually. It's true. There are cuts coming. <laughs> hey, and you know what? If they do sign players, someone could still get cut because they yeah. have to make room for them. And honestly, I don't think this roster's done yet. I like it. Man, like I, I feel like there'll be some some more moves before we hit uh the beginning of uh, practice prep for Buffalo next week. I, I just think there's a player or two elsewhere that's coming in. It, it just wouldn't make much sense if uh, they didn't have their eyes on something, at least at this point, whether or not that could just be a free agent, one of those lower level players, something is going to happen. It, it just, it's just shaped up too well for them not to, but let me ask you this on Harry Mondo. Of course, he, Henry Mondo, uh, he makes the team. <laughs> he ask. is Harry. Yeah, it's true. Uh, great mane on that guy. Uh, definite kind of lion thing going on. But uh, anyway, uh, we know Carlos Davis was playing that kind of uh, that inside uh, gunner type role on kickoff. Is Mondo going to kind of reclaim that spot now that he's more of a backup again? Or do you think uh, Davis is still going to be the guy running down kicks uh, from the defensive uh, lineman side of the ball? 
Oh, Mon Mondo was still playing on special teams. There was actually some plays where both of them were on special teams. I, I loved seeing that. You had car you had two defensive linemen running down on kickoff. That was phenomenal. Uh, I do expect Mondo to be on kickoffs. Um, I, 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 I'm interested to see if they do it. I would love to see both those guys on a kickoff cover team because, man, blockers don't want a piece of them. Like, you'll see Mondo, like, they send two guys up to block him, and he just throws his hand, like, a hand in each of their chest and just drives them towards the returner. And you're just like, that's that's phenomenal. That's what I want to see on a kick. I don't care. He doesn't make tackles. He doesn't have to. He's just pushing blockers around, occupying bodies and, and setting other people free. Uh, so I think I think Mondo will definitely be on special teams. Uh, Carlos Davis does it, but right now Mondo is, is just – Mondo is more polished, and he's more NFL-ready at pretty much everything than Carlos Davis. And I'm not a Carlos Davis hater. I love Carlos Davis. The dude showed so much potential last year and when he actually came in and played well. Uh, so I like him a lot. I just, I think he's the, the eighth best defensive lineman on this roster. Um, so kicking things out to the edge rusher spot now, uh, the Steelers, of course, uh, T.J. Watt wasn't going nowhere, nor was Alex Highsmith or Melvin Ingram. That fourth spot, the things were kind of up in the air, kind of a three-way competition between Jimmy Jones, Quincy Roche, and Cassius Marsh. The Steelers gave it to the guy who was the best. Straight up, straight up, Jameer Jones was the best of those three. Uh, I am stoked he made the team because he deserved it over, over all those guys. Uh, Roche, of course, has to go through waivers. He's claimed by the New York Giants. That kind of sucks, but honestly, you look at these Steelers edge rushers, when the heck is Quincy Roche ever going to make a start on this team? Yeah. never uh like that that's just the way the cookie crumbles so it, it's better uh, for him to get an opportunity elsewhere in in all honesty for someone that's never going to play in pittsburgh but uh what, what are your thoughts on how that shaped out and uh i guess uh this kind of position group moving forward how are, how do you kind of foresee them playing all four guys first off i got two thoughts real quick uh one is the new york giants apparently can't draft their own edge rushers so they're just like hey whoever's the fifth best edge rusher on the Steelers they've got to be better than someone we have like they just always take that dude they like they grabbed to our skipper and now they're taking Quincy Roche uh so that's my, that's my one thought is at least the New York Giants think highly of how we draft and develop the uh edge rushers which honestly if you look at the success we've had it's not a bad like thing. Like we we know how to get them. We always have good edge rushers. Uh, and my second thing is, I mentioned Tuzar Skipper. We saw Tuzar Skipper have a phenomenal preseason where he dominated against lower tier talent. Struggled against starters enough that the Steelers felt comfortable cutting him and trying to stash him on the practice squad. He got grabbed up. People lost their minds when he got grabbed up by the New York Giants, and he didn't do anything. I said at the time, the Steelers are going to have a shot at this guy again. And people were like, you're crazy. And they did. They had him. They got him again. And he's, he's done. Like, he's not going to play in the NFL. He's pretty much done. Uh, so, for me, Quin Roche, Quincy Roche, he's uh, – it's it's not a big loss. Like, that's – he his, his odds of turning into someone that the Steelers would be like, oh, wow, we shouldn't have let him go. That's such a long road, and those are such long odds. Uh, I don't – I don't sweat that. He wasn't the he wasn't the fourth best. Jameer Jones was the fourth best. So sorry, Quincy. See ya. Yeah, no, I, and I feel the same way. And like I said earlier, when it comes to being the fourth the fourth player on this outside linebacker depth chart, 
it doesn't matter how good you are as an edge rusher because you're never going to play as an edge rusher. You have to be a good special teamer. And yeah. Roche was was lacking stuff to his game. Of course, he was undersized too. Jameer Jones, he, he made an impact on the field on defense. He also was a, a game wrecker on special teams. He deserves a spot. It would have been a bigger loss to lose Jameer Jones, but it, that's what it comes with being a depth guy in the NFL. Uh, you can't, like, it's great to have someone that has, has 20 sack potential on your team. Roche's certainly not that guy. Like, if he was, sure, you hide him as your fourth spot, but you need th- those depth positions to make up your special teams. That's, that's the long and the short of it. If someone has elite potential, yeah, you keep them. Roche just wasn't that guy. There's a reason why he fell in the draft, the reason he got cut. There's probably a reason why he, he probably won't last too long in the NFL. It's just the way it goes year in, year out. You see it all the time. So does it suck? I, I guess so. It's a draft pick. Maybe the Steelers could have traded it for something else. Maybe they could have hit on another spot. They got good value at the time. And it's f- funny enough, that was the one pick everyone was like, oh, what a great value pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers back at the draft. Remember that? That was the one pick yep. everyone pointed to saying that was their best pick of the draft. And now it's like, eh, maybe it was their worst pick of the draft like four months later. That's just how just how it works out. So it's kind of funny how uh, all things kind of uh, lay to rest. But uh, speaking of draft picks, Preston Harvin III won that damn job. Doesn't feel good. Can we <laughs> celebrate? Jeff Hartman's not letting BehindTheSteelCurtain.com staff celebrate. This is the slave driver this man is. He is not letting us <laughs> celebrate until the, the year's done. Until Presley Harvin III is standing in the Hall of Fame. We're not allowed to celebrate because there's always a way that Jordan Berry could find his way back into uh, into Pittsburgh as a starting punter. I think I think <laughs> the rule is he has to if if Presley Harvin the third starts three consecutive seasons and Jordan Berry like retires from football, then we can retroactively call this Presley Harvin like Big Press Day or something and make it a, make it a holiday. But until until Jordan Berry is truly truly done. We're not allowed to celebrate this day. <laughs> you would think uh, Jeff would be the one that's uh, kind of leading the parade, but no, no, he he's been down this road too many times. Had his heart broken. That that poor man uh, just just knows just knows the way it goes. Uh, it would be a Steelers fan, and when it comes to a uh, punter, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, if we just take this this approach, this calm approach that he wants, everything will work out. But in the same sense, they also have a brand new long snapper. The whole operation here for Chris Boswell is completely different. The Steelers go with the cheaper guy, the shorter guy. His snaps are a little bit slower in Christian Kuntz, but he is a better tackler in space. Uh, There was also some reports that he was a little bit more consistent in training camp, which I don't know if that was necessarily true because the Steelers kept bringing this guy back, what, three years in a row, three training camps in a row to try to push uh, Cam Canada. Clearly they saw something to a degree where they thought this guy could – eventually take the job and he does now and it saves the Steelers about 400,000 bucks. So I, I'm curious what, what you think about the entire special teams, which is completely revamped aside from Chris Boswell. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I think it was, I think it was Dave Schofield who pointed out that, that Canada was snapping to Barry and Koontz was snapping to Harvin. And so like they kept that team. It was almost like they kept the two of them, Instead of just, you know, like mixing and matching, they were just like, nope, you guys work well together. And they had been practicing snapping and holding that way too. If I can cut in here, uh, Christian Koontz, I'm pretty sure I saw a video of him snapping to Jordan Berry 
in the off season. He was the guy that was there at those okay. uh, like punter kicker workouts too. So I think Christian Kuntz has been around this team. He he's just done whatever it took to stay in line on a team, and he's done just that. Well, I can think- I can give you the one time uh, a long snapper stood out on film this preseason. Uh, I don't remember what game it was, but he snapped the ball. And as he went to get up, a guy legally came in and impact and ran him straight over. And I was like, who was that? As he's getting back up, it was Christian Coons. But he got back up and he was up and helped make a play on the tackle. But he got absolutely ran over right after he snapped it. Poor guy. Now, (laughs) I was surprised. I was like, I was like, ooh, that's the kind of play where they're like, nah, you can't. You're not going to make our team now. But he still made it. So that's good. Well, I mean, as someone who was a long snapper, like you're not supposed to get touched until you like have completely looked up. So like, and, and even then, the second you're upfield, you're not pre- like prepared to take a hit. So yeah. it is a pretty unfortunate uh, circumstance to put your long snapper in. And really, there could have been a penalty on, on a play like that, uh, just depending on uh, what the ref was watching at, at any given moment. So I can understand why uh, this, this team may have looked past that. They might have had a good chuckle in uh, in film room though. Uh, throughout the whole team that's one you kind of just replay it and, and you don't actually talk about it but you just keep replaying it so that hit just goes over and over you, you break down every other guy and you're like oh yeah look at this long snapper at the end just getting depleted <laughs> while everyone's been laughing the entire time but uh yeah just locker room thing too if you haven't uh, if you haven't experienced that before that's that's definitely how those things go uh you just gotta have a little bit of fun at uh Evan's expense when they get lit up because it catches up with everyone but uh moving uh, over to the running back spot this time. This is another position we did not expect this many guys to be held on to. What? The Steelers kept five running backs? Uh, Jalen Samuels ends up in the practice squad? What's going on here, Jeffrey? Is this one Anthony McFarlane injury? Uh, just just put the Steelers like, light their hair on fire when it came to keeping running backs? This just seems very strange. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a little strange. Um, my thing is, like, it doesn't matter how many running backs you keep. Only one of those guys matters. Like, really, only one of them matters. Uh, I did not expect Benny Smell, Snell to make it, but I didn't expect he would Snell. come back. Don't, don't laugh at me, Michael. It's Benny Benny Snell. I did not expect him to make it back healthy enough to, to win that job. Uh, but as people said, Mike Tomlin loves him some Benny Snell football. Uh, and in all honesty... Every time the line has blocked well for him, he has played well. He just he just needs holes to run through. He's not a guy who's going to find a crease and take it for bigger. You got to you got to clear some room. Yeah, I mean, if you're an NFL running back and you have good blocking, you should probably be able to hit those holes. <laughs> yeah. like, like I know some college kids who could probably do that. I'm saying. <laughs> so, Michael Beck. Yes. What do you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers' decision to keep Benny Snell? Uh, it was interesting. Uh, definitely worth the side. Honestly, I thought it was going to happen. Uh, at the end, I kind of came around to it because really when I was thinking, like, when it came to trying to squeeze someone in the practice roster, if you exposed either Balazs or Snell, who's more likely to get picked up? I, I think that's undoubtedly uh, Benny Snell would be the guy that would be uh, claimed off the team. Uh, but... If you were to sneak Balazs down there and say Najee Harris had to miss a couple weeks and you could call someone up from the practice squad, then you have Balazs and Snell uh, both both running uh, as kind of that uh, the, the same 
play style, not the same skill level. Don't get that twisted. The same play style as a Najee Harris to try to be like a, a one-two in replacement uh, during that injury. So that's that's kind of something I was kind of predicting, but instead both guys land on the team. Uh, I know it's something you talked about uh, earlier. It's like Snell or Bellage would be like the true backup, but uh, who would only play in the event of Najee Harris getting injured because they're more tailor-made to run the kind of offense that Matt Canada wants to run. But the guy that's going to get the second most touches will be Anthony McFarlane as kind of that change of pace back that doesn't quite fit the system as well, but he's the change of pace guy. And um, if, uh, if Harrison were to be hurt, then one of the other two would pass him on the depth chart as that kind of uh, lead back. Do you, are you picking up what I'm putting down here? Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the problems with Snell and Balazs is everything they can do, Najee Harris is just going to be better at. You know, it's not like Bell and Williams where, you know, they were different styles of running. And so Bell had to play because you had to change up everything when 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 D'Angelo came in. Uh, this this is guys who are the same running back. They're just not as good. Like they're going to hit the same holes. They have the similar run style, similar hits of how they of how they process the run. Harris is just that much better at it. So I don't see how you're going to really give him snaps off, give him, you know, breaks and, and limit his, his carry and his hit load when the guys behind him are just worse than him, at least with Anthony McFarlane, like, okay, McFarlane's faster, you know, and he can run a little bit of different, you can, you can get a change of pace. You can do something with him and kind of make the defense work a little harder, you know, in the film study that, that has benefit. But with these guys, I don't know how you're getting, I don't know how you're getting Harris a break. Yeah, no, I I agree wholeheartedly with that, and we know how much Mike Palmer loves his bell cow back. So, I I imagine Najee Harris is going to run the ball until the wheels fall off. How X amount of years down the road from now, he's just going to be the guy. That's just what it comes down to. So, what that means is get him on your fantasy football team. Uh, he's going to touch the ball a crap one ton this year. So, uh, just a word of advice uh, as we kind of uh, approach that draft week, which I know is a uh, a lot of those leagues are kind of uh, getting into now. So, uh. Kind of uh, breaking away from that a little bit. Um, one of the things is uh, stupid storylines that breaks all the time. And I know this is something I talked about being in favor of a couple years ago. But now Cam Newton gets released. And what do you see? You see a half dozen people trying to say Cam Newton would, would be the perfect fit for, fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You hear from Michael Lombardi. Uh, there's, a, there's a list of people. It doesn't matter. There's too many people bringing this up. And it was one of the things that I kind of want to address tonight because it just doesn't make any sense considering the guys the Steelers already have on the roster. And I still see people talking about it. I'm curious your thoughts on it, Jeffrey. Why why won't this refuse to die? And why do these uh, national media types keep trying to uh, bring up uh, Cam Newton every time he's a free agent and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, but I have a couple thoughts there. One is people don't like Mason Rudolph. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and for some reason, the Steelers, the Steelers backup quarterbacks get judged so much harsher than every single other team's backup quarterbacks. Like, come on. They're, they're better than a lot of guys out there that are number two quarterbacks. Uh, Mason's fine. Dwayne Haskins had that terrible preseason game. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. You know, he's the trash we thought he was when he was in Washington. He's horrible. Everyone's down on these guys. 
despite the fact that both of them actually had pretty good preseasons. Uh, the other the other side of it, two quick thoughts on Cam Newton. One is he he won't fit here. Not with the guys we have. Not with the contract. It's not going to happen. But if you're looking at what Cam Newton was before his injuries, he is the perfect kind of quarterback for a Matt Canada offense because he can run, he can move. And one of the things people always thought of Cam Newton as the typical big, strong quarterback. So clearly he runs around and then he throws the ball really far downfield and that's all he really can do. Cam Newton was actually, his best assets were in the short passing game and with processing the defense quickly, which is why Bill Belichick brought him to New England is because he actually should have fit their offense well. It's just the minute he showed up, their entire offense was like, no, we're good. We're not going to play football anymore. You know, like he lost everybody. And so that offense stunk. But Cam Newton would have been a really good fit for a Matt Canada offense. And in the future, that's the kind of quarterback, if you're looking at what Matt Canada ran in college and you're looking kind of this new wave of quarterback, that's the kind of quarterback you want to get to play that offense. So I can see a, I can see and understand why people uh, who, who could have an intelligent opinion and say, you know, Cam Newton should go to the Steelers. I can see that. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. To me, the only time that it, it made a, a semblance of sense is when he first signed with New England. Ben was coming off that elbow surgery. Uh, there's still a ton of question marks of whether or not he could even play last year, if people uh, remember it. And and that was just after uh, Mason Rudolph looked really shaky uh, before he started playing uh, with a little bit more consistency. Don't start the riots uh, over a, a true fact, but... Um, it, we we really didn't know what we had at all about that quarterback spot heading into 2020. So it, it did make a little bit of sense having a veteran presence there last year. This year just makes no sense whatsoever. Cam's another year older. He didn't look great. Uh, yeah, th- th- there's a, there's enough to be said uh, on that there itself. But as we uh, kind of approach the end of the show here, Jeffrey, do, do you have any other thoughts on uh, the Steelers uh, kind of initial 53 man roster before uh, we kind of tie things up? Yeah, something's going on with the inside linebackers. Uh, the Steelers have six. You don't ever see six inside linebackers. Uh, I don't know why. I predicted five. I don't know why they have Ulysses Gilbert the third and Marcus Allen both on this roster. Uh, I know Marcus Allen played a bit in dime and looked good at it in the Carolina game, so I don't know if maybe they're looking at Marcus Allen as more of a defensive back all of a sudden again and saying maybe you know those linebacker skills and the fact that he actually – managed to cover DJ Moore, who, who you know, had back-to-back nearly 1,200-yard seasons, pretty dang good in that game. Uh, maybe they're looking at him as more of a defensive back and they're stacking up linebackers, or it could be they're ready to make a move and they're going to trade somebody and they're going to get rid of one of the outside, one of the inside linebackers there. But you're not walking into the season with six inside linebackers when you average like 1.6 inside linebacker snaps Per snap like you you know dime you only run one even if marcus allen's a dime back you're running two every play and that's it to carry six that's ridiculous uh i expected five that's a weird number uh the other things i want to throw out really quickly i'm gonna brag on myself a little bit i called a couple of things that went right here uh i called quincy roche being dropped and the steelers keeping more inside linebackers and outside linebackers i called jc hassenhauer Making the 53-man roster as as the the backup center, uh, 
I had another one. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> can't pat yourself. But yeah, in the back I called door. those. So there, I did. I did. I did get a few things right. <laughs> and you know what? Too one last thing I want to bring up: the Steelers managed to keep Josh Dobbs on this team without having to release him. Uh, honestly, I, I think this is probably the best situation for both teams. Even if his turf toe isn't that bad, maybe just leave him on the injured reserve all year, just so he could uh, be Ben's guy. Like he's he's never going to play anyway. Like it's no different. I saw someone bring up an interesting thing about that: that when Ben Roethlisberger was on injured reserve, he was on the sideline with a clipboard and a headset. Hmm. So could That's Josh true. Dobbs be on the sideline? Clipboard, headset, talking to Ben Roethlisberger, looking at plays, helping him do the offense without being, you know, on the 53-man roster. Him going to injured reserve might be the best possible thing. Yeah, that might – well, I guess turf toe can linger, but uh, for for an injury that's not crazy, eh, maybe it's the best thing for both parties. Josh Dobbs is just going full Jackie Moon this year, that uh, player coach, basically Mike uh, Mike Sullivan's uh, assistant – QB coach, like honestly, call it like it is. Like he's just the smart yeah. guy that uh, that Ben trusts uh, with every fiber of his being when it comes to being out on that field. So I, I think that's uh, that's the way uh, that's going to go down. But as I think, we, I think uh, he will follow like Byron Leftwich and some other guys from the Steelers who end up coaching an offense. He's, well, he's just kind of on that path. But you're you're right. Except he is also still legitimately a genius. That uh, I feel like the world would uh, be doing disservice having someone so smart when it comes to rocket science is literal rocket engineer. uh, And then have those talents kind of uh, be uh, used as a, as an offensive play caller. Uh, Yeah. As a selfish football fan. Yeah. It'd be great. But I feel like Josh Dobbs might have bigger things in his future. So I, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, on that. Uh, You know, being a football coach might pay more though. So I I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Probably does. Either way. I I think he's set up pretty good, but uh, we are at the hour, uh, I guess the, the hour and a half with the, the late bump tonight. Uh, thank you for everyone tuning in, uh, by the way. But, uh, Jeffrey, is there anything you want to plug before uh, we sign off? Yeah, I just finished a film room on how the Steelers cover the slot, of looking at the preseason this year and how they did it. It covers everything from what the Steelers do when they put linebackers on slot receivers, uh, how they can move strong safeties there, strengths and weaknesses of all the different approaches, as well as some of the guys that played in the slot uh, on defense in the preseason this year. Some of the guys who played as the nickelback. Uh, I actually removed Arthur Millette from my article and rewrote a big section of it after they cut Arthur Millette, submitted it. It's scheduled to run tomorrow, and the Steelers re-signed Arthur Millette. So that's Tough a fun one. little fun little note on that. But but look for that film room. Uh, and, then, and then we have coming up the most controversial Vertex article that we have ever done, Dave Schofield and I, we're going to set Steeler Nation on fire with this article. It's about Eric Ebron. Ooh, geez. It's <laughs> a, it, those are great articles, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you're clicking over on all those vertexes. But uh, before I sign off, I do want to bring up this last uh, super chat from Sean Manahan, who puts $5 in the tip jar. says, uh, Josh Dobbs on the field, Matt Canada upstairs, LOL. Uh, I think both guys could be on the field. I think it all works out. Maybe um, Mike Sullivan ends up in the booth. Who knows? But um, Oh, no. Canada likes calling plays from the booth. That is true. That is He's also true. He's a big true. booth guy. Um, so when it comes to uh, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, it should be still be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. I know there's been a ton of breaking news the last two days, and we have got it locked down on our website. Everything you can imagine from the cuts tracker to – 
uh, breaking down uh, all those practice squad players and the additional signings and the moves that are to come, like a TJ Watt extension, perhaps a trade or signing for another nickel corner, other positions. Moves are coming, people. They are coming. And football is right around the corner, so you should be dialed into BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And one more quick reminder, we are giving away a Joe Hayden signed football in our Survivor League this year. You can get all the details also over on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, just click over. You'll find the article on the website. Last thing I need to bring up, there are 25 original podcasts from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which uh, you can only get all of them by uh, going to your a podcast platforms, be it to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, what have you. Uh, if you're only watching on YouTube and Facebook, you're only getting about a quarter of the story at this point. So make sure you're finding out uh, and uh, listening to all the other great, amazing podcasts, including my live mic and Jeffrey Benedict's uh, Steelers film room on the cutting room floor. Uh, just great stuff. So make sure you're checking out all that uh, content. Uh, and next week, Know Your Enemy, we will have uh, our regular scheduled programming, uh, a guest uh, on the Buffalo Bills, and we'll be breaking down NFL regular season football, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited and cannot wait. I, I hope you're excited too. Uh, we will catch you guys in it. Once again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you.